That, you know, I'm, I'm curious. Has anybody seen that before? Come any like YouTube hit? I mean, what do you guys do all week? You don't just like Google what's the latest, hottest. You, all right, that's cool. Um, hey, anyway, yeah, my name is, is Carl Mester. I serve you as one of the pastors and elders, and it really is a joy. But uh, we play that clip um, and props to Ben Holmes. First of two props I'm going to give him later um, of, uh, of pulling that and making it uh, viewable because it's, you know, not in English. But, um, and uh, we, I, we, I heard of this clip through um, our young adult group. We're going through a, a book called Welcome to Adulting by Jonathan Pakluda, and um, he references it in, in his second chapter. And, and, and the reason I play it, and I'll just pseudo-read what he says, but he talks about how it's, it's funny, okay, check, but it's kind of painful to watch, like, this guy do that to an iPad, whether you're a, a gadget geek then it's extra painful, or if you're budget conscious, you're like, that's like a $1,000 cutting board and not like fancy bamboo. Like, what's going on with that? Um, but then he says this. He says, but, you know, it really shouldn't matter what he does with it um, because it's his iPad. He's free to do whatever he wants with it. And, and it actually would probably make a pretty good cutting board, to be honest. Maybe not too many trips in the in the dishwasher, but... But then he said, then, so here's his point, and hopefully mine, is that um, it bothers people and gets a reaction because, as you all know, that's not what it's designed for. Right? That, like, it's, it's, just, it's a ridiculous use of it and, and certainly a waste of, of money. And so we cringe because that's not what the iPad was, was created for. And so this morning as we're continuing through our, our study of the book of Ephesians, you can turn to chapter 2 if you like, uh, Ephesians, Paul's letter to Tampa. Not just some old Bible book letter, no, to us, us today. Um, and so um, we're going we're gonna, to so turn to chapter 2. It's the 10th book of the New Testament, um, pretty far along the entire Bible. Um, and go ahead and turn there. But we're, we're going to see three things from the text, and we're actually going to even see them through the sacrament of baptism as well. So really amazing. I mean, the, the, the baptism, this was planned months, I don't know how long, and then, like, Mitch and I aren't that good to really put this text to it, but the Lord was on that, so thank you for that, Lord, this will be an easy sermon, but we're going to see three things from this text and, and, and in baptism, is that we were dead, we really just sang these as well, so there's the trifecta, we were dead, God made us alive, and so what do we do with that? Well, we live, and so live for what? We were created for, unlike iPad Grandpa. And so, um, let's read in Ephesians 2, verses uh, 1 through 3. Paul writes this, like I just said, Although you were dead in your offenses and sins, in which you formerly lived according to this world's present path, according to the ruler of the domain of the air, the ruler of the spirit that is now energizing the sons of disobedience, among whom all of us also formerly lived out our lives in the cravings of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. And then he drops a little dot, dot, dot in there, which is like my favorite thing. So he pauses here, so we're going to pause with him uh, and just kind of point out um, really a hard teaching here. It would be a disservice to... The text, it would be a disservice to Christ. It would be a disservice to you to just kind of blow through these first three verses. Because there's a really clear, hard, not like 2019 friendly theological truth in these verses. 
um, which which is that we were all born sinners. Like the reality is, while there is good in this world, right, Frodo and all that stuff, we are by nature not good. Jesus says there's none who's good but, but God alone. And so we were all we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Uh, we were all born to sin. The theological phrase here is total depravity of man. You don't have to get too caught up in that. But that from birth, as, 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 as Paul declares in Romans 8, we are by nature enemies of God. We are at enmity with God, everyone. And if you've, had, if you've had children or been around children or if you've been in a relationship with another human or ever looked in the mirror spiritually, you, you know it's true. Some of us are, are better than others, but every single one of us starts the same, is that we all fall short. We are enemies of God. You are, and I am. We all are. So that's our first point. We're going to look at at three, just three takeaways, not only from this text, but really three truths for all believers. And the first one is that we were dead. Now, spiritually, okay, we're not... I actually do have a, a kind of a crazy example coming in a moment. So I'm not going to say... You know, I'm not going to talk about, uh, you know, vampires and, and stuff because I actually am. But we were dead. It's not talking about a physical death. Of course, this is a spiritual death. For each person ever, the starting point on our journey with God, wherever that goes, is that we were dead. We were all born spiritually dead. We weren't born good. There was, there was. If, if you are a believer in Christ, we're going to get to the good news in a moment. If you have put your faith in Christ, then praise God. But there was a time before then, and for some of us in this room, we are currently in the state where we did not know the Lord, we did not know His freedom, we did not know Him. We were slaves to our sins, slaves to our flesh, and we were spiritually dead. And so, uh, for me, that that sums up my childhood. A lot of my young adulthood, even even after being a believer, and it's a daily battle for me today, is that my flesh desires to live for the death-dealing things of this world badly, badly. And it's only through surrender to God, through community and friendship and prayer that I can even try to stand up here and, and walk us through that. And so our flesh is at, at war with God. As, as the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 7, this is just like, I get this. And maybe you do too. He says, I don't understand why I do what I do. The things that I hate, I do. And the things that I love and the life I want to live, the man I want to be, I don't do it. Who can save me from this wretch that I am? And then he answers his own rhetorical question. It's Christ alone. That's it. Not more Carl. Not smarter Carl. Not better sermons. Not, not anything that I can do can save me, can even improve me. And so, you and I and all people, we were dead. And so I kind of already looked out of the bag, so I'll, I'll do it here. So I, I did, uh, in fact, if you recall, two weeks ago, use a, a zombie illustration, which is a little strange. I get that. I get that. And so I was thinking about that. I'm like, how can I one-up the zombie? And it was pretty obvious. It was, uh, of course, vampire. And so I've got a vampire illustration for us, if, if you will so allow. Uh, and I don't know how versed you are in the art of vampiring or not, but don't worry. I, I'm not either, 
But I'm going to tell you a little bit about vampiring. And so, um, if you're not versed in vampiring, vampires are dead, but they must kill and drink the blood to be alive, to on to the next, to kind of, it's like their, their battery power. And so, the point is, in seeking life, vampires deal death to themselves and to others. That's, there's all the movies in one. In seeking life among the dead. And so, a vampire steals life. And that's the way of the spiritually dead. Is in seeking some form of life, we deal damage and death to ourselves and to the world and others around us. We're so desperate for just a slice of life, for for a high, for, for some feeling of life that we will go to great, great, great lengths to imitate it or, or search and find what we're looking for. And we end up settling for something oftentimes that kills us. We'll sell out for the next promotion, the next love interest. This could be as small as the next like on social media, the, the next attention or, or accolade, the next toy. And I don't mean like toy trucks, I mean like, you know, real trucks. And other things, not to single out any one thing that I wish I had. The next drink, the next high, fill in the blank, you're smart people. Now those things may bring temporary pleasure, like don't get me wrong, there's some things on the list I'm not going to hate on too much, risk of being a hypocrite, but they don't lend themselves to life. They feel good for a little bit. They're, 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 not, they're not all evil in and of themselves necessarily. Some of them probably are. But they don't lend themselves to life. But that is the closest life for the dead. Is living for the weekend. Is the next thing, the next dollar. The, all these things, right? That next high, that next feeling. And, and we settle for those things when we're dead. And when we're living for the death-dealing things of this world. And that's the legacy of Artemis, the Ephesians. That's the legacy of, of Tampa and, and this world, is that thing. And so, number one on your blanks is we were dead. But there's hope. I told you there would be. Look at verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 4. It says, um, but God. There you go. I mean, come on. Like, bad news, bad news, bad news. Oh, who can save me? But God. God being rich in mercy... Because of His great love with which He loved us. Even though we were dead in offenses, made us alive together with Christ, and by grace you are saved. And He raised us up together with Him and seated us together with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Why? To demonstrate in the coming ages the surpassing wealth of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We can pause there. And so we were dead. Number one. But two, God made us alive. God had mercy, it says there. And so, um, in, that, in that word, um, mercy, in, in the Greek, it means undeserved kindness. So what is, what is mercy? It's like, you don't deserve this because you are at war with God. But in His kindness and His grace, He extended it to us. Paid the price for us. Uh, in this text here, He's, he's chosen us, right? He, he's... he's He's, he's called us to follow Him. And as we'll celebrate in baptism, 
there's a great symbol there that we were dead, and that's why you're baptized. Bap, bap, baptismo is the Greek that, that is to submerse, to, to immerse, to, to put underwater, dead, buried, and then you're raised up to walk in newness of life. And so this is the gospel, that you were dead. Some of us likely are still dead, living for death, but in Christ and His great love and mercy and grace, we can be made alive. In John chapter 3, uh, pretty famous, I mean, it's you know, up there in like, you know, one of the few most famous chapters in all of Scripture, but we get to John 3.16, all right, God's love the world, great, 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 but it comes out of a conversation that Jesus is having with a religious leader who was curious. This guy was legit, like, help me understand what it is you're talking about, a guy named Nicodemus. And, and Jesus, without going into the whole thing, tempting, but read it on your own, like, this is, boom, great homework, read John 3 today, you're welcome. But he tells Nicodemus, here's what it is. He says, you must be born again. And of course, he's like, that's not possible. You know, how can you go into Moses' womb and, and all that? And, 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 and obviously, again, not physically dead, spiritually dead, not physically born again, spiritually born again. And Jesus says, no, you must be spiritually born again. And so my man, Ben, um, which I thought it was his wife, Bethany, who is, who is the real artist in the group, but Ben did it, and so I have to give him credit again, this is the last time, is that he helped me make a little illustration for you. So this, this hopefully follows along, and I believe there might be blanks uh, on your card on this. You can never know, but can you go to that first picture here? I'm just going to go through this really quickly. It's this simple, is that we, so we, you, me, humans, we were spiritually dead, okay, and the next one, and so because that was our state, always has been Christ died physically that's why he came that's why he walked this earth all step by step intentionally to go to the cross to be spiritually killed uh, to be physically killed for us okay three days later then he was raised again physically so he physically rose. And that's an important part of the theology here. It wasn't just, was it a ghost? Did his body disappear? What really happened? No, he appeared to over 500 people, touched the, the scars. He was hungry. I mean, he hadn't eaten in at least three days, you know. And so he rose physically so that we, the fourth one, could be alive spiritually. We were dead. We can and could do nothing to improve our situation. In fact, our striving is, is, is only digging a deeper hole. But because of the work of Christ, we can be alive spiritually. This is great exchange, initiated by God, cared about by God for our benefit and to His glory. And so we don't have to seek and desire the dead things of this world anymore. We're going to battle it. Romans 7 is true. It's true for me. It's true for you. It was just true for Paul. I mean, you know, good luck. But the Holy Spirit continuing to grow us, continuing to, to help us to look more like Him, we'll do battle. We'll do battle together. And we'll pray. And, and we'll try to look more like Christ, knowing that we'll still fall short. Paul writes in Colossians 2.13, and this, you can keep this up here, this illustrates it well, is that, that you were dead in your sins and flesh, but God made you alive with Him, having forgiven our sins, nailing them on the cross. And, you, uh, and then in the next chapter, chapter 3, Colossians 3 says, If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things above, not earthly things. 
in his masterpiece. I think a few months ago I may have said that uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis is required reading for getting to heaven. That's still true. And so um, he writes this verse, or this, <laughs> see what I did there? It's not a verse of Scripture. No one can add to it, but it's the next closest thing. And so he, he has this quote. Perhaps you've seen it before. If not, again, you're welcome. Tweet it out. But he writes this. I think it'll be on the board. He says, If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy. I mean, don't raise your hand. Don't shout out what that desire is. I mean, you can. I mean, you're free to do that, but don't. This is stinking true in my life all the time. You find myself desires in this world that can't satisfy. The only logical explanation, and this is C.S. Lewis, he tried to figure out a better way around this. The only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. Nothing here. The best things here don't satisfy. They don't last. I was thinking about this. Have you ever met the guy who said, I have enough money. I don't want any more money. In fact, I have too much. You ever met you know, the guy who said, you know, I, I've, I've got uh, enough attention and accolades and People just love me too much that it. I, no, no, I don't. I don't want anymore. You'll, you'll get the false humility guy, but the true, you won't find that. I have enough toys and things that I don't want anymore, or I've had enough sex. I I don't really need to have sex anymore. Ever met that guy? You haven't. I've never met that guy either. Why? That guy doesn't exist. That guy is not a a flesh and blood human. But you know what I have met? I have met someone who said, I was dead in my sin and myself and dealing death everywhere. And Christ came down and saved me. I was blind, but now I see. Right? I was lost, but now I'm found. And, you know, there's a hit song about that somewhere. I've lived for money and sex and prestige and accolades and attention. And I've lived for all of the highs and I've got out of them, out of the lows, through, through things and feelings and pleasure. I've tried it all and I've been found wanting every single time. But God came and saved me. He's rich in mercy, grace and love and He rescued me from the jaws of hell and death and made me alive. We were dead. God made us alive. And so, great. What do we do with it? Now live. Like, li- live. Living is fun. This should be fun. It's kind of like, oh, we were dead. This is ooh, scary and vampires. And, and God made us alive. Okay, but man, we needed Him. Like, it's still kind of a somber, like, heavy thing. But that's the beauty of grace and God's love. And, and, and his sacrifice is that our yoke is gone. It's on him. But we're still here, right? You're not, we're not in heaven yet. And so what should we do? We should live. We should live for him. And so, so uh, I, I referenced this two weeks ago, 1 Corinthians 10.31. This is one of the first verses when I was 17 that I really gravitated to. Truth be told, I applied it to playing hockey. So that's a little bit of a weak uh, application. But for a new Christian... Is the best I had. But he says, whether you eat or drink 
or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Anything. Whatever. You know, it's interesting. We've been, um, Liz and I, my wife Liz and I, we've been trying to, um, and it's funny that Josephine's in here. I'm going to give an example. Josephine, you're so sweet. Um, We've been talking to our kids about, like, you know, spiritual gifts and, like, calling and purpose. Like, why are we here? And, And that kind of thing. And so sweet Josephine, just not that long ago, was trying to understand it, and we're like, hey, what do you think like your, maybe a, a, a unique thing about yourself is, like a gift, that, that maybe that God himself has given you that's maybe different than um, your, your father? And, and she gave two answers, and she goes, I think my spiritual gift is basketball and smiling. And that was literally what she said. And I'm like, I am not worthy to be your father. Like, that's incredible. Liz is the basketball star of the family, by the way. Um, I do like to smile. We both smile a lot. And I'm just like, amen. And so, like, that might be kind of silly. You know, some of the kids, you know, answers are silly. But basketball and smiling, which first off, I'm like, can anybody say scholarship? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I like that. But even if your gift is smiling, Smile for the Lord. Not just at church, hey, welcome home, or something stupid like that. I mean when you're out of here. Like, that guy's weird. He smiles a lot. I I mean, if you only knew me, the real me, I can only smile but by Christ. If your gift is flipping burgers, or hospitality, or prayer, or giving, or whatever your gifts are that God has given you, like, just do them, whatever it is. Do it for the Lord, or basketball, or hockey, even better. Live it for the Lord, amen, alright. Now we're having church. Now Paul continues with three. I wanted to end with these um, because they're just incredible. But um, he ends with three pretty well-known verses here in, in where we're going to pause. He doesn't end, he's really just getting going. Um, but... Where I'm going to end today is in chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. He says this, well-known verses. For it is by grace you are saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not from works that no one can boast. Verse 10. For we are his creative work, having been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand so we can do them. You know, Another um, person I was talking to, I'm going to go from... Uh, Josephine up to my friend Kenny Williams. A lot of you know Kenny, and Kenny is is a big part of the Tuesday night homeless outreach. Hot dog Kenny coming to a cart near you. <laughs> but we were just talking. It was just it was super brief. I was in the in the office, and I hear a couple guys come in, which is which is a little not normal for a, a week here. And so didn't know if I was getting robbed or if ministry was happening. It was the latter. So I popped my head out, and he was meeting with a, a friend of ours named Tom. And then afterwards. Kenny popped in, and we were just talking, I mean, it was five minutes. And he was just sharing a little bit more of his testimonies. We were getting to know each other. And, 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 and Kenny said this. He said, uh, he says, why am I still alive? And I think he was being serious, which, if you know Kenny, you know. He's like, dude, I, cat's got nothing on me. It's literally what he said. He said, nine lives. Mm-mm. Kenny's got more than that. And, um, but then he answered his own question. He said, why am I alive? Because God's got something for me to do. And I'm like, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I literally wrote it down. It probably looked rude. And, and now I'm saying it to you. And it's like, yes, 
Now, it may not, you know, we talked about kind of this, this strange way that God has brought us around a homeless population, which is neither one of our, our stories and, and frankly has never really until recently been more of a passion for us. And God has just grabbed Kenny and Earl and Ryan. I mean, Sherry's been doing this for years. Where Sherry's probably back with the kids. Sherry, yep. And, and, and others. And it's like, why are we alive? And he, he was being literal, like I should be dead. And that may be true. But I'm like, no, no, no. Why are we spiritually alive? To live for whatever creative thing that God has prepared in advance for you and me to do. It's that simple. Gain Christ and walk in His ways. And go to the people that He would go to. And the places that He would go to. Which is not typically where the church crowd goes to. This would be a good place to just throw a random phrase like, Jesus is King. I'm just saying. I mean, did you got... You don't YouTube, you don't tweet, you don't Kanye. What, 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 what is it? What is it that you people do? You Kanye, Jamie Kanye. Duh, obviously. All right, next week, next week we'll get we'll get one of those covered. And so go live. This is what Je- Jesus was clear. John ten ten. He said, "Hey, the evil one, the one that's roaming around this earth, has come to steal, kill, and destroy." Vampire. It is. It's all over, and it's in, it's in our flesh. We battle it, right? But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't say, ah, oh, shucks, good luck. He says, but I have come that you may have life to the full. Now, your, your Bible translation uh, may say, come that, that you may have eternal life, right? And so I was thinking of that word eternal, and, um, and maybe it's just me, but I always kind of viewed that um, not necessarily the correct way. Like, I, I view eternal life as, oh, yeah, like eternity. Like, yes, of course, Jesus has come, and that if we put our faith in him, that we will have eternal life in eternity with him. And, and listen, that's true. But that's not all that it means. In fact, the, the word eternal means unending. It doesn't mean later. And so what Jesus is saying is that I have come that you may have life now and later, which is, I believe, the last blank on your card. A little now and later. For Halloween. If, do they even still make those? I don't know. They weren't good then. They're probably not good now. But this is. Jesus offers us life that starts now. Why are you alive? To live. To the praise of His glory. That's, that's the text. It's, it's all over this, this whole letter. And it's written, it's written on our hearts if we put our faith in Christ. And so, so live. Let's Let's live. Paul writes in, to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 he says, Godliness has value for all things, holding promise both for the present life and the life to come. It's now and later. We're God's workmanship. And so live for Him. We've been set free. Free from the fears. We just sang that. We're not afraid anymore. Like He's Lord. Right? And so I'm going to live for Him. I don't care what people think of me. I'm not going to seek imitated life in dead things, I'm going to get life from the source of life. And imagine if this body started doing that on this corner, in this city, what God would do. I mean, that's living. Uh, you know, there's a lot of places you can just go through religious motions. I pray that's never true here. 
And so let's live. You were dead. God made you alive. And so let's live. And the perfect illustration of that, we're going to walk through in remembrance through the sacrament of baptism. So I just, I had to do a little thing there because I always talk about communion. That's true too. And, and you can take that on your own if you're a follower of Christ. But we're going to remember that through the sacrament of baptism. We're going to physically see this symbol. And I would again say, if you've never been baptized, and whether it's this text and you see, wow, yeah, I was dead, or I am dead, but Christ has offered me life now and forever, and you've never put your faith in Christ, like, you can do that right now. And I'll just say this, I'm going to pray, uh, the band's going to come up, and I'll just go back by Info Central. If, if you want to know more about that right now, or, or you have already put your faith in Him, but have not been baptized, I can do like a little 30-second little vetting, and then we can shimmy you into the water. So there's people in this room that I could apply for. The band can come on up, and they're going to play as we prepare for the baptism, and as I talk maybe to some people. But I also say this, parents in the room, this is a golden opportunity. We want to open this up. To, to grab your kids, really any age, especially older kids, but any age, and, and go check them out. We have a quick checkout. You're welcome. And, and then come out for them as the whole family to observe this. And so Liz, you want to get our kids. But anybody, really, during the song, go check out your kids and bring them out, and we'll continue worshiping through that. Let's pray.